What a privilege to be in the temple of the living God, Amen. not the building, the assembly of his saints. Let us open our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 10 for an opening passage of scripture. Isaiah 10. The Lord has convicted me in the middle of this week to interrupt our study of Isaiah. We are almost halfway through the book of Isaiah. And uh, he basically told it to me, he didn't say these words, but for us to come up for a breath of air from those chapters. And I hope that we can do that today. And it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's all about him. If Jesus Christ is not the preeminent reason for our church, we ought to disband it immediately. Right. It's only about him and it's all about him. In Isaiah chapter 10, and before I show you the verse, some of you will know what verse I'm going to go to. I want to remind you what Isaiah 10 is about in so many of the chapters of the 31 chapters of Isaiah that we've covered. Verse 5 tells us, O Assyrian. The Assyrian Empire was the empire reigning in the world at the time of Isaiah, at the time of Hezekiah and Ahaz and Uzziah, the, the kings of Judah. And so it's the Assyrian. And the Assyrian Empire was cruel, powerful, great, invaded the Middle East or Palestine many times, Tiglath-Pileser in the Bible, ravaged the ten northern tribes of Israel and did not do any good for the two tribes of Judah. Then it was after Tiglath-Pileser we had Sargon. He came in and besieged Ashdod. After that was Shalmaneser. Shalmaneser came in and took the ten tribes captive and dispersed them through the earth and brought in Assyrians and planted them where the ten tribes had been. After that, Sennacherib, which this chapter is about, in the time of Hezekiah, in his 14th year of reigning, Sennacherib came in to besiege Jerusalem and take Jerusalem. And we know the end of that story. The Lord killed 185,000 of his chief, cap chief captains and the mightiest men of his army. After Sennacherib was Esarhaddon, and these, these names are all in the Bible. This is Bible history. This is the Bible's view of world history and the might of the Assyrian army. And Nebuchadnezzar took care of the Assyrian army and was God's servant. God called Nebuchadnezzar a king of kings because Nebuchadnezzar did what God wanted done to the nations of the Middle East, including Judah, by destroying it and leveling it to the ground and taking it captive into Babylon for 70 years of punishment for their rebellion. But here we are, Let no more about Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, or Rome. Let's come back right here. Tiglath-Pileser raided the ten tribes and ravaged them. Shalmaneser destroyed them and hauled them far away and brought immigrants in to replace them in their homes and cities. Sennacherib never shot an arrow at Jerusalem, never raised an embankment against Jerusalem, because God said he wouldn't, because he blasphemed him. Right. And God told Hezekiah, you send this message to Sennacherib and Rabshake. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, hath laughed thee to scorn, buddy. She hath tossed her head at thee. She hath laughed thee to scorn. And that is a tremendous story in the Bible, and it's repeated more than uh, any other Old Testament story. 
because God loves that story of Sennacherib blaspheming him and what he did to Sennacherib in one night with just one angel. So here we are in Isaiah 10, and it is Sennacherib. And he's shooting off his mouth in verses 5 through 15 of Isaiah 10. And the Lord begins to mock him in verse 15. Shall the axe boast itself against him that heweth therewith? Which is more important, the axe or the man hewing therewith? You're just the axe, and I'm hewing with you. And so the, the chapter plays out. We want verse 27. Why did God spare Jerusalem? Why did God spare Judah? Right. Why? Because in verse 27, it shall come to pass in that day of God's vengeance against Sennacherib that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed. I will end Sennacherib. And he went back to Nineveh and his two sons came out while he was in the temple of Nisroch, his God, and slew him, assassinated him. His sons did and escaped into the land of Armenia. All this is in the Bible. Why did God spare Jerusalem and Judah? And why did he lift the yoke of the Assyrians off them and not off the ten tribes? Because the ten tribes weren't nearly as important to him as the tribe of Judah. Because of the anointing. And this anointing is not Benny Hinn's anointing. This anointing is the anointing of David that would be transferred, because this is 400 years after David, that would be transferred to his son because the Lord Jesus Christ is the son of David. Amen. God promised David, your son will sit on my throne of my kingdom forever. And because that was coming through Judah, Judah had to be preserved. Jerusalem needed to be preserved. And it was, and it was. For the glory of the son of David. If you were to go back and read 2 Kings 18 and 19, which are the historical record of this event, you will find that God told Hezekiah, I am going to save this city for David, my servant's sake. Not for Hezekiah. The anointing here is not Hezekiah's. It's David's that was to be perpetuated through Hezekiah to Jesus Christ, his son. In the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar, John the Baptist burst forth on the scene and baptized his cousin Jesus in the river Jordan. And when he came up out of that river, he was anointed with the Holy Ghost above measure, Amen. like no one else. And that commenced his public ministry. And so they're tracing through the Bible from Genesis 3 and the promised seed of the woman to Revelation 22, I come quickly. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our church better be all about him. Right. You know that we're sitting here with me when we went through chapter 10. I like verse 27. Because of the anointing. Commentators, some don't know what the anointing is. They want to go off and play with the word oil that's hid there in our English Bible. But the anointing is the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ because everything is centered around him. Jesus himself said, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. Amen. It's all about him. Right. And so today's going to be all about him. We're going to use Daniel 9, 24 through 27 to be all about him. I'm a little tired of Tiglath, Pileser, Shalmaneser, Sennacherib, and the rest of the boys for a little while. I want to preach Jesus Christ. Amen. And while we, we see, see, he's here. He's here. What does chapter 9 say about him? His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, 
the everlasting father, the prince of peace. What does chapter 11 say about him? The rod of Jesse is going to stand up and he's going to be an ensign for the people and he's going to get us Gentiles, the nations, to come follow him in Isaiah chapter 11. So there's a lot about Jesus Christ, but 32 and 33 didn't have very much. So I, I hope you'll understand. Amen. And I'm just doing, I follow the Lord's leading the same way he's led me my entire life. He dries up subjects to where they are no longer interesting at all and he makes something else very exciting. I don't look at cloud formations, and I don't examine the underbelly hairs on caterpillars. <laughs> I wait for him to lead me, and he leads me by Isaiah 32 and 33. Come on, can't you come up with something better than that? He's tapping me on the shoulder. And I'll, well, what, what, what do you have in mind? How about the four verses that end Daniel 9? Amen. And I hope when you read them last night, we have six things that are beautiful there. Six things that are beautiful. So that's what we're going to do today. All to the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. I hope your hearts are prepared to see him and to look for him and to love him. I will preach him to you. And I'll use slides. It's not my normal method of delivery. But this particular subject, I think, is aided by you having a visual of the verses and that we can highlight the phrases and deal with them one at a time. And may the Lord bless the effort today. Let us pray. O Lord of hosts, the mighty God. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. There is no God beside thee. There is no God to be compared to thee. Thou hast made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all that in them is. Thou hast made all things for thyself, yea, even the wicked, for the day of evil. Thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created, and we bless thee this day. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and because of his anointing that you had promised David, called in your scriptures, the sure mercies of David. We thank thee for the Son of David, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, our King, who rose from the dead, reigns on high, and is coming for us. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for a returning Savior, and we want to be found of Him, standing perfect and complete in all Your will when He appears for us. This day, we ask that You would glorify Thyself through Thy Word by Thy Spirit to each of these hearers, that You would glorify Thyself and thy word, and thy son, and thy church, through thy word, by thy spirit, to these hearers. Heavenly Father, let the Lord Jesus Christ, thy only begotten, and thy well-beloved Son, be exalted today. Let it all be about him. Right. Heavenly Father, reduce the speaker, minimize the pulpit, obscure the slides, to put the Lord Jesus Christ in glorious form. Amen. We thank thee for him. He is why we have a church. He is why we live. He is how we are saved. And he is why we want to be to heaven, to be with him forever. We thank thee that he is not ashamed to call us brethren, as Hebrews chapter 2 tells us. O Lord, grip us today by thy spirit. Without thy spirit, we will struggle in our flesh, 
to stay alert, to stay focused, to appreciate what we're looking at because it's lost to the natural man. It's foolishness to him. But Heavenly Father, you have regenerated us by the mighty power of your Holy Spirit, and we pray that you will now quicken us further in your word to see your Son more clearly, that we might love him with the passion and the commitment of life that you expect from us. Forgive us our sins. Heavenly Father, let nothing come between us this day. Let nothing stop up thine ear or shorten thine arm that it cannot save us in this hour. Let us be in perfect fellowship with thee through the shed blood, finished work, and perpetual intercession of thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We rest in him. We call upon thee for thy mercy in this hour by his name and ask that you would help us. Every blessing that we've asked for ourselves, Heavenly Father, we ask that you would give equal or more to every faithful church around the world where your men will stand in pulpits to feed your people, that you will bless them abundantly and pour out your blessing on them. Stir them up and let the word of the Lord have free course and be glorified. We thank thee for America, and we pray that you'll preserve it, that we might have the liberties that we enjoy this day to come into a public assembly and preach your word without apology or fear. O oh Lord, be with us now, we pray, in the matchless name, the name which is above every name, the name before which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to your honor and glory, even the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray, amen. Amen.